Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. We are so grateful, our Father, for just pleased you to bring us to the very last Sunday of the year 2018. Thank you for the, your presence in our life from the beginning of the year to this hour. The grace that has led us thus far is sufficient to lead us into the new year and beyond. For these accept our praises in Jesus' name. Lord, all we bring today is thanksgiving. We cannot thank you enough for all that you've done. Even if our tongues become a thousand in our mouth. They are not sufficient to praise you. Look down from heaven and receive our thanks, our praises in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we gather to you on today, we ask that you perfect all that concern us. Prepare us for the things you have prepared for us. Let none of us be found wanting. Let none of us return here tomorrow grumbling. Fill us with your joy. Let's have cause to thank you the more. Without exalting, O Lord, above the heavens, and let your glory fill this house today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and the people said, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning. God bless you. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to your house. Peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the month of November, as my birthday gift to you, I started with a series titled... Here, my children, the instruction of your father. I took that text from Proverbs, or that sentence from Proverbs chapter 4. Let's look at it again this morning. Because the second instruction is coming today. And the third instruction is coming on the first day of the year. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 1 and 2. Ready? Read. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. You can stop there. Tell your neighbor, hear, my children, the instruction of your father. The first slot, I preached the message titled, Dare to Dream. And I did say to you at that time that most of the things you enjoy in life today are byproducts of some other people's dreams. When will yours be added? That the whole world can thank God because you came. That God had a purpose at the back of his mind before he shot you like an arrow into the planet. And when you hit target and fulfill purpose, you become a blessing to mankind. Dare to dream. Many years ago, I think it was 1999, I also taught you here that the best dreams come to pass when you are awake. One of my daughters came to me, my daughters and the Lord came to me and said, Dad, I said, yes. He said, a young man said to me, he had a dream that I'm his wife. And I said, go back to him and ask him to come back when he's awake. He's still dreaming. It takes more than a dream to be a husband. It takes more than a dream to be a wife. The best dreams come to pass when you are awake and when you learn to roll your sleeves and to walk at it. So this morning, the second instruction is simple. Prepare now. Prepare now. And there is no better day to preach this message like today, the last Sunday of the year 2018. If I ask you to score yourself that in our year of consolidation and expansion and good success, how far did you go? How much of what God said will happen Happen to you. And because we do not bother. To do. Some stock taking. We roll from year. Into year. Into year. And suddenly discover. That the gap between us and those we started with had become so wide. 
the Lord Jesus spoke a very, very provocative word in Matthew eleven eleven, and I will join verse twelve to it. Matthew eleven eleven. He zeroed in on John the Baptist. And then when he concluded on John the Baptist, he jumped to verse number 12 to show the dynamic nature of his kingdom. Matthew 11, 11. Ready? Read. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You want to push back and start from Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and be looking at the, the great exploits they did for God and his kingdom. And here comes the king of the kingdom. He said, of all men born of women, none has risen is greater than John the Baptist. I said, wow. Then he compounded the matter. When he said, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. And you know your heroes are the ones that are less than John the Baptist. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I'm ruffling some weather, some feather there. Did I tell you the story of an aged woman that was by the roadside carrying firewood? And a nobleman was passing by and said, No, no matter where this woman will be going, I will help her. I said, Mama, please come in into the vehicle. And she carried her load on and I said, No, I will put this in the trunk of the guy. I said, No, you have helped me. Let me carry my load. Did I tell you the story of a woman who had been battered before in a previous marriage? Battered, so battered that she lost her individuality. And then God sent a widower who was so rich to her after the batterer died. Brought her into his home. Into his palace, more or less. And early in the morning after the wedding, the woman knelt by the bedside. What would you like to eat today? He said, Who? He said, Me. He said, No. The cook is in the kitchen. Take the phone, call one, two, three. Whatever you want both of us to eat, they will prepare it. We we'll go and eat. She went out, she was confused. Called the cook to go to the kitchen. 
to cook for both of us. What will I be doing here? That day passed. They went down. They ate. She was full of suspicion of what will happen after eating this free food. Next day, she knelt down. Where are your underpants and singlets that are washed? Said, no, no. The washerman is in the front house. Anything that you want to wash. So she said she would like to go and tell her people. She went to me and said, I'm not sure what will happen to me where I am. They don't allow me to cook. They don't allow me to clean. They don't allow me to wash. They said I should just be sitting down. And then whenever my husband is going out, he said, I'm not used to this. Don't make room for poverty, degradation, and all kinds of things in your life. Of all men born of women, none has reason as greater than John the Baptist. But the least, he didn't say the highest. The least in the kingdom, even if it's a cleaner, is greater than John. Why are we not seeing the manifestation of that greatness in the life of God's people? Verse number 12. Verse number 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Some ill-informed, misinformed preachers will ask you to take on a violent spirit against the devil to pray violently. That's not what the scripture is saying. Give me that verse in NIV. NIV translation. It says the kingdom of God have been forcefully advancing. And only the forceful can lay hold of it. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. It does not say violent in NIV. It's, and the forceful lay hold of it. Not attacking it. Lay hold of it. A time comes when you need to be forceful. Because you know you are bad by heaven. Do you really want to understand what he's saying here? Okay, let's go to Luke 16, 16. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is present into it. That you are present into it does not mean it is in you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. 
is one thing to see, is another thing to enter, is a third thing for the kingdom to be in you. It's when the kingdom is in you that you are forceful. That you know what to accept, you know what to reject, and you know how to lay hold of the promises of God. Why am I going this route? Because the assignment of John is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And when I say prepare now, it has more to do with your character than with your talents, your abilities, your capacities, or your skills. When I say prepare now, it has to do with your character. Prepare now. And I've chosen as a text for this particular message, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, beginning from verse 1 to 20. In the course of the New Year gathering, I want you to please pay special attention because it is not only what you do with your seed that gets into trouble, it's also what you do with your harvest. Let me, let me bring this in. Who gave an offering to God and it smelled a soothing aroma? Who was the first person to do it? Noah. And what did God say in his heart? I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the intent of his heart is evil continually. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, day and night, winter and summer, heat and cold shall never cease. The curse lifted up the ground. Who brought the curse back? Noah. How? His harvest was his vine that he planted and he got drunk from his harvest and became naked. And what God lifted off the ground landed on his grandson. What you do with your harvest matters as much as what you do with your seed. We will get there because we should straighten ourselves out. Do you understand me? We are going to a place. If John the Baptist is greater than all who are before him, and the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John, I will become a bad example. And he called himself a Christian. The grace. Do you know the name of John? Do you know the meaning? Oh God. What does John mean? John simply means the grace and mercy of God. That's the meaning of his name. The mercy and grace of God. Malachi prophesied 400 years after John showed up. And God named him from heaven. He shall be called John. He shall be great. Get ready for GBB here. And if you are envious, change your name. 
the year 2019, my GBB year. Ecclesiastes chapter number five. You and I are going to read this together and I want you to listen to the admonitions contained therein because this will literally happen in 2019. Literally. Some will be rejoicing, some will be crying. It's the nature of the year. As some will become bountifully blessed, others will lose what they have gathered through misfortune. So watch now and hear. Do you understand me? Ecclesiastes chapter 5, beginning from verse number 1. Ready? Read. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God for God is in heaven and you are not. Therefore, let your words be few for a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed when you make it better now not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? You are not reading with me, are you? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there's also vanity, but fear God. Read on. If you see the oppression of the poor and the violent perversion of justice and righteousness in a province, do not marvel at the matter. For I, official, watches over high official, and higher officials are over them. Moreover, the prophet of the land... Is for Mr. President alone. Is for members of APC. Is for members of PDP. Is for those who voted for them. And they should not give to those who did not vote for them. The profit of the land is for all. Even the king is served from the field. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. Nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Are you listening? Read that one more time. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. Nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Read on. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. Are you listening? You see your sleeplessness? You're turning up and down and not being able to sleep at night? You see what is causing it? The abundance has taken over your soul. Let's read on. There's a severe evil in which I've seen under the sun. Riches care for their owner to his heart. Do you understand that? Keep on piling it. Keep on piling it. It will result in your hurt. Riches kept by who? 
by the owner for what? For his rod. What happens to it? But those riches perish through misfortune. If you look in the middle column of your Bible where you see misfortune, you will interpret it for you say bad business. Huh? All of a sudden, they ask you to come and put investment in something. Mom, money has wings. It flies away. Uh-huh. Keep on piling. Mm. But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets his son, there's nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, naked and he returned to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. Uh-huh. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? All his days he also sits in darkness and he has much sorrow and sickness and anger. Now read this. Here is what I've seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him. For it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat, to eat, to eat, to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joy of his heart. Tell your neighbor, prepare now. now. I can hear you. You will soon find out, if you haven't already, that life is not by grade. It is by grace. As we progress this morning, you'll find out that life is not by grade. It is by grace. That life is not by labor. It is by favor. And that oftentimes life is not by merit, it is by mercy. Say with me, life is not by grade. It is by grace. Not by labor. It is by favor. Not by merit. It is by mercy. My sincere prayer for you in the year 2019 and beyond is a God's grace, mercy, and favor will locate you and turn your life around in Jesus' mighty name. I want to look at verses 3 and 7 from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 3 and 7. And I want to focus on the word multitude to bring out the message of why you should prepare now. For a dream comes through much activity. And a fool's voice is known by his many words. Give that to me in KJV, please. Verse 3 in KJV. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. A multitude of business. And a fool's voice 
is known by multitude of words. Multitude of business, a multitude of words. I once heard a pastor interpret this, a dream comes by multitude of business this way. He said, if you have gone all day long chasing people, chasing contracts, and then in the night you find masquerades and people chasing you, it is people you chase in the daytime that are now chasing you at night. That's nothing but ignorance on fire. Give me verse number seven. Verse number seven. For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also diverse vanities, but fear thou God. Let's take that in the New Living Translation. That verse seven. Talk is cheap. Like daydreams and other useless activities, fear God instead. Let's have it in the message. In the message. In the message. But against all illusion and fantasy and empty talk, there's always this rock foundation. Fear God. Let me take the word multitude. I'll come back to give you what these passages of scripture truly mean. The word multitude simply means a great number or numerous. A great number or numerous. The word itself is neither negative nor positive. It all depends on the context in which it is used. For example, in Proverbs 11.14, the usage is very positive. Proverbs 11.14, where there is no counsel, the people fail, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Is that positive or negative? The same goes for Proverbs 15.22. It reads, without cancer, plans go hurry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 24, 6 makes it very mandatory for us to wage our war by wise counsel. While highlighting that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 24, read with me, read. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. Tell your neighbor, you have your own war. By wise counsel, you wage your own war. And a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Furthermore, when the word multitude is used in connection with the supporters of a king, it is very, very positive. Proverbs 14.28. Proverbs 14.28. In a multitude of people is a king's honor. But in the lack of people is a downfall of a prince. That's democracy. Hello. However, when the same word multitude is used in connection with talk activeness, it's absolutely negative. Garrulous people. That is, people given to constant, idle, trivial, and tedious chatter. 
Let's listen to what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10. 19 to 21. Proverbs 10 verse 19 to 21. In the multitude of words. Sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is what little. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of wisdom. I was talking to someone yesterday. And I said, why open your mouth and talk and talk and talk with a person you've not met before. It's your first time of meeting the person. Restrain yourself. Don't open the door of your life wide to a total stranger, regardless of what he has to say. Let your words be few. But you see, sometimes, because you have come of age, you're now in your 40s and your 50s. I said, well, what does it mean? I don't know what I'm doing. There's a way to carry yourself. In multitude of words, sin will come in. True dreams come to pass as a result of application of tedious Activity towards that dream. You can dare to dream and nothing will happen except you prepare now to walk towards that dream. When I preach the message, Dare to Dream, I profile the life of Joseph before you. His brothers hated him. His brothers were envious of him and they labeled him the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Let us kill him and see what will become of his dreams. But unfortunately for them, Joseph was not just a mere dreamer. Joseph was also a busy man. He was introduced to us before the dream started coming. Of his active engagement in shepherding his father's flock. Genesis 37 verse number 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger. In the land of Canaan. Days. Is the history of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. Was feeding the flock. With his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilher. And the sons of Zilpah. His father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them. To his father. Would Joseph have brought their bad report if he was fully engaged in the same bad report? No. The only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. 
Before Joseph was introduced as a dreamer, he was introduced as a busy man. There are too many lazy dreamers in the world. They are always thinking and dreaming of what they would do that will make their life improve, that will make their life better. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I will do this, and I will do that, and I will do this, and I will do that. And that's all you hear. Talk is cheap. They do nothing other than talk about them. But dreams only come to pass through diligent application of business, of principles of business. That is, you know, for me, a dream is like, this is where I am. That's where I need to be. Between here and there is how to get there. That's the business part of it. How do I change my present condition? What do I need to do? How do I prepare myself for that? Because if all you do is tell people about your dreams and do nothing, if your power even those who are idolaters they said the girls that they are serving does not support laziness How busy have you been with idle talks, with idle chatter? You are always the one making party groovy, and you are not the MC. The MC is getting paid, but you are full of idle chatter. You know how much stand-up comedians earn? They are deploying their skill. You love and love and crack your and crack your ribs, but they are paid. You know how much footballers are paid. You are shouting, "Go, go!" Ah, ah, ooh, ah. I do chatter. Are you a stakeholder? Are you a spectator in life? This year is gone. Another one is rolling in. If care is not taken, if you do not prepare now, what you experience now can be worse next year. Except there is a brand new you. There will not be a brand new year. You have to ponder and pause and wait here and do things differently. Tell your neighbor, prepare now. Then the dreams began to come to Joseph, you remember? And he told his brothers... Then the second one came and he told his brothers and his father. And rather than they loving him now, they hated him the more. His father chastised him but kept the word in his mouth. 
God knew it was time to push him out of the realm of dreams into the realm of busyness. Do you understand me? So he had to go into slavery and into servitude and eventually into prison. You think those things are against his dreams. No, they are preparation to actualize those dreams. And when God had sufficiently prepared him, the day came when he stood before Pharaoh and said, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Pharaoh narrated his dreams. Joseph did not only give the interpretation of the dreams, but from the interpretation, he brought out a blueprint of for economic survival, not only of Egypt, but the entire world. Do you understand me? And he said to Pharaoh, look for a man. <laughs> Do you get this point? Look for a man. And say, amen. Me to look. All this Kaliwag. <laughs> Never forget Chivemo Kano in Port High Court, River State, many years ago. He brought like nine or twelve lawyers to court. SANs, former attorney general of the state. They all lined up for him to handle his case. I was representing Selins Nigeria Limited, one of the people sued alongside with African Ocean Lines. I was not Chief M.O. Kano's lawyer. All the lawyers started there. I just sat down where I was. It's good to, to, to have prepared. It's good to know your onions. You understand me? And they began. Every time that I said, no objection, my Lord. My client was afraid. Ah, no objection, my Lord. <laughs> then I got up and I brought up a point of law. And the judge dropped his pen. And Chief M. O'Connell cried at the back. He's alive. He said, my Lord, my Lord, I adjourn my case. <laughs> and they come him down and said, you cannot, your lawyer should speak for you. He said, no, uh, these people that, that I brought here, they don't know nothing. This boy will kill me. I adjourn my case, my Lord. <laughs> it was so funny to look at him. And just said, okay, Chief. He said, I brought court angers to court. I'm not kidding. He's alive. So I brought court angers to court. This one's, I'm sorry, my Lord. I had done my case. I'll come back. We went outside there. And Chief Memo Kano accosted me. He said, don't kill me, young man. What can I do to engage you as a lawyer? I said, you can't engage me. You sue my client. He said, I withdraw against your client. I want you to become my lawyer. That's how I got a brief. And I was joking with him. I said, to start with this will cost you half a million naira. If you had given me 20,000 <laughs> or 50,000, I said this will cost you half a million naira. He said, make you now follow me to the office. And a boot cash, bam. Uh, I locked my hotel room. <laughs> left the books there, carried the cash. By the time I got to Lagos, banks have closed. I kept the money on top of my wardrobe. Thinking that it was safe there. Then Mrs. B woke me up in the night. Is she a killer in Shenzhen? 
we have never seen such money in our life. Do you understand? He said, he said, I was taking, I was trying to look for something. I saw Lute, Loke, Shakila, and she. I had to call Chimemo Kano to say it was the one who gave me the money. Hey! Or Yagba Yagba. Abu Butamioko is on the way. The seasons are changing. You are going to become a prime suspect. But they will, they will find nothing negative in you. Do you understand me? Look for a man. <laughs> Pharaoh said for me to look for a man. I call all these magicians, all these astrologers, they are quote angers. Is there any man in whom the spirit of God dwells like this? They know the difference. Even idolaters know the difference. Even counterfeiters know the difference. May that difference become significantly clear in your life in the name of Jesus. As I became Chivemo Kanu's lawyer. And how greatly I benefited from preparing. When my classmates were doing Burukutu. And they were drinking Tumbo. At magistrate court doing charge and bail. They were already driving Volkswagen. Within our first year of leaving school. That I was carrying an umbrella over my head. Going to Ganefa and me to sit from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. I was preparing. Do you understand me? For every message I preach, I was going to it, preparing. Because life is at stake. We're going to have a bunch of daydreamers who do not know that it takes diligent application of business principles to translate a dream into reality. Pharaoh turned to Joseph, you are the man. By your word, the whole of Egypt will be governed. At the mention of your name, every knee must bow. But you want to blend. Well, if you can't beat them, join them. The moment you join them, you can't beat them. See, it takes, it takes, it takes a it's tedious to be yourself. It takes more for you to stand out. Because the actions will be looking for you. Kiloche Firaikwe, Oni Kani. The more they hated Joseph, the more he told them about his dreams. And someone said, if he had kept quiet, wouldn't that have saved him? Whatever you can hold on the inside of you is not big enough to push you into your destiny. Do you understand me? When that, I mean, look at how long have we been talking about citadel? Citadel, 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 citadel. It was words. But the reality is catching on now. And by 2019, it becomes a reality. And your lives must change. Your paradigm must shift. In the mighty name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, prepare now. I can't hear you. Prepare now. Mm. Let me share some 
of the translations with you. Ecclesiastes 5 7 NIV. Ecclesiastes 5 7 NIV. Let me take three first. Ecclesiastes 5 3. A dream comes when there are many cares. And many words mark the speech of a fool. Verse 7. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. Let's borrow a leaf from New Living Translation of Ecclesiastes 5.7. New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes 5, 7. Well, yours says talk is cheap, like daydreams and other useless activities, fear God instead. Mine says dreaming all the time instead of walking is useless. Sit down with me. Dreaming Dreaming. all the time time. instead of walking walking. is useless. And there is ruin in a flood of empty words. There is ruin in a flood of empty words. Points to ponder. Points I would like you to take home with you. Number one. Greater success will always lead you to greater temptation. There's a reason you have to prepare now. Greater success will always lead you to greater temptation. And your response to that temptation will entirely depend upon the condition of your soul at the time. Greater success always leads to greater temptation. And your response to that temptation will depend entirely upon the condition of your soul at the time. I'll profile three lives quickly, but let me ask you a question. At what stage did Mrs. Potiphar begin to eye Joseph, when he was on the auction table as a slave? Huh? When he first started work at home, it was not different from the others. And when the Lord was with him, and his success began to shine forth. Okay, give me Genesis 39, and let us read. Then I'll profile three lives. The greater your success, the greater the temptations that will come your way. And if you don't prepare now, you'll fall like a house of cards. Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was We are going to sit around this on January, the New Year gathering. 
Because your definition of success and God's definition of success are pulls apart. Pulls apart. Pulls apart. A slave was a successful man. In your widest imagination, can you ever credit a slave with success? But he was a successful man. The Lord was with Joseph, he was a successful man. And he was in the hands of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw, hello, the master saw, you don't need to, he did not need to preach. He did not need to say, shall we pray over this food before we start? He did not have to stand up in the course of his business before we begin to do any business. Let us first commit everything to God's hand. He was not religious. He had relationship. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. If you were here for my 50th birthday and you listened to the video recorded by Chief Ghani for me, I still have it. They can play it for you. He said it was unique. It was different amongst my staff. He would tell me, sir, this case is going to go this way and it will go that way. And this case will not go this way. And it will happen that way. So he said, I began to fear him. He was not eating. His belly was blend with, was blending with his back. He was fasting all the time. I said, what kind of man is this man? So Joseph found favor on his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer. Of his house. And all that he heard. He put under his authority. What kind of a slave is this? Overseer. I wish all the overseers would know. They are the slaves of the master. And not the owners. So that they don't do what they like. With the flock and with the resources of the church. So it was from the time. That he had made him overseer of his house. And all that he heard. That the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. For Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Joseph made his master a fortune. Everybody began to recognize that Joseph was different. Thus he left all that he had in, his, in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, professional hazard. If Joseph was like this, who is going to pay attention? But the guy was, hello, everyone, good morning, God bless you, nice to see you here, hello. Everybody wants to go, so madame, <laughs> madame too, the eyes began to do roving ambassador. And it came to pass after these things, after success, after prosperity, after becoming overseer, after be, everything was left in her hand. It came to pass after this thing that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. When he was on the auction table, Mrs. Potiphar did not see. When he first started, nobody paid attention. But when he became overseer of the house, and everything was left in his hand. Listen to me. 
that includes some of the things that Mrs. Potiphar will need will have to pass through the table of Joseph trouble. So competition started for Mrs. Potiphar. How can I corner him? The greater the success, the greater the temptation. And how you respond to that temptation will be a condition of your soul at that point in time. Let's see the condition of the soul of Joseph. But he refused. Hello. What did he do? But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. That's why I say tight is a moral principle also. This is the only thing in the house he was not allowed to do anything with. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The greater the success, the greater the temptation. When you can take your phone and call the CBN governor, I want you to release 40 billion dollars to A to B. If you are not prepared, before that time, you will treat it as your own. Ah, the mighty falling. If you are not prepared to know that the profit of the land is for all and you become a governor... You build your house downwards and upwards. And you start running elter scatter because eight years will soon come to pass and somebody's about to throw you into jail. So you are looking for someone to cover the track. But you can't cover it for a long time. Ask Moses. The corpse you bury, his foot is about to shoot out in the air and they are going to look for you. It's called EFCC. You see, when I hear governors say continuity, government, government should be a continuum. Normally, but many times, they are afraid of their own shadows. And how is it that now, all we are really, really, all the, that we have to choose from is have, have a dozen and six of the other. But don't think it will continue like this forever. Changes on the way. I say changes on the way. Almighty God will not leave this nation in this door drum. It's around the corner. Can't you see it? Can't you smell it? Somebody say prepare. prepare. I can't hear you. Prepare. Do you think it was the day David got to the battlefield and saw Goliath that he became a warrior. Give me 1 Samuel chapter 17. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
me, Lord. First Samuel chapter 17. Verse number 12. First Samuel 17, verse number 12. I want you to read with me. I'm verse 13. Ready, read. Now David was a son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons, and the man was old, advancing years in the days of Saul. Stop there in verse, stop there. Now David was the son of that man who had eight sons. Hello. I've shared this with you before. David was the, but there were eight sons in all. But David was the, the, I can't hear you. David was the son of a man who had eight sons. Okay, next verse. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, Next to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. What disqualified David from being part of this army? Age. He was the youngest. So he was number eight. But he didn't know it means new beginning. He was number eight. The three oldest will come home in their military uniform. Maybe they were captains. Maybe they were lieutenants. Whatever they were. And any time they return home. And they, they were like that. And the day came when Samuel came home. And their father paraded. Tell your neighbor prepare now. Prepare now. It has nothing to do with your height. It has nothing to do with your weight. It has nothing to do with your skills, with your competencies, with your abilities. It has to do with your character. Character is the stability of the anointing. They paraded all the sons of, 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 of Jay-Z. I can imagine Eliab, who had been trained as a warrior, walk out like this. Wow. Samuel saw him and said, Kai, I rum or bakamari dan saki, yobawa la rele boshiri, atobatele, Mr. Tobatele. God says, Shut up, Samuel. I've refused him. His heart is not right. The second paraded, I've refused him. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. Ah. <laughs> Samuel turned to Jesse. I said, uh, am I in a wrong house? Is this Jesse's company? I said, yes. Are these all your sons? I said, um, actually, there's one more. But the reason I didn't invite him, he can come here now and be saying, I hear my Lord say to my Lord, sit down on my right hand side until I make your enemies your footstool. He said, we will not sit down until he comes. 
and they had to go to the field to bring him from where he was attending to the sheep. And when he came in, he was ruddy of good countenance. And the Lord was with him. And God said, this is he. I like the word arise in that verse. He said, arise. They were standing already. He said, arise. Summon every grace you have. Arise and anoint him. This is he. And was anointed in the midst of his brother. Was he part of the army? No. First Samuel 16. There's another army that has been trained that you know nothing about. They don't go to Sandhurst. They don't go to India. They don't go to America. They are being trained in the field by God Almighty himself. Verse 14 of First Samuel 16, 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. I mean, you can't deny it. When you are crazy, you are crazy. You can't cover it up. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. It depends on what music you are listening to. Some can make you crazy. Some can make you well. Which one are you listening to? So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, a son, a son who became the son. I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man I thought you said he has not joined the army. He was not in the army of Saul. But God was raising him in the backside of the desert. He said, you have trained my hands to walk and my finger to battle. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. He was being trained by God to fix his nation. I've seen a son of Jesus who is skillful in play, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent, prudent, is not careless, not talk, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. And this is what matters most. And the Lord is with him. Oh. Therefore, so sent messengers to Jesus and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesus took what? A donkey loaded with a skin of and a young and send them by son David to Saul. I've taught you this before. This is a memory jogger. Why wine? Why bread? Why goat? Because when Saul had his encounter with the three in one God in 1 Samuel chapter 12, Chapter 10, one was carrying three kids of goat, one was carrying loaves of bread, and another was carrying jar of wine. And they gave him bread, and he took. Samuel told him this will happen. He was seeing God, the father, carrying three kids of goat, representing 
the acceptable, perfect will of God. That's why it's only one will. It's a three-dimensional will. It must be acceptable. It must be perfect. It must be good. There's nothing called permissive will of God. And then bread. They gave him three and reserved one out of the three he carried. One is for healing. One is for victory over the enemy. But the last one cannot be given here because that's his body will be broken. And then not a drop of wine came from the verse, from the verse that he was carrying because the time of the outpouring had not come. And memory jugabets. Saul did not remember nothing. He had gone crazy. How many people have gone crazy now in corporate board room? How many people have gone crazy? Gold that entered their head. They do not know that the life of a man does not consist of the abundance which he possesses. If you are not prepared before wealth comes, it will ruin you. Say amen. amen. Seriously. It will ruin you. You jump from top of woman to top of woman to top of woman. You would, you, you would be crazy. You would do crazy things because money has its own power. It will waste you. And when it goes, you'll be lamenting. How did I get here? From abundance into penury. That you have to go beg again. Because you do not allow your character to be developed. Tell your neighbor, prepare now. It wasn't the day David got to the battlefield against Goliath that he was prepared. Remember, he gave the testimony. The Lord would deliver me from the mouth of the lion and from the mouth of the bear. From the paw, I beg your pardon. From the paw of the lion. You don't know how big those paws are. The Lord will deliver me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine and will deliver him. Prepare now! Don't go and face bullet and see Goliath outside and say, I challenge you in the name of Jesus. He will speak back. He said, Jesus, I know, Bakari, I know who are you. Bah, bah. Tell your neighbor, prepare now. Imagine if Joseph... How did Joseph know how to say no to Mrs. Potiphar? Because right from whom he had been given the bad report of those who were doing evil. He knew right from wrong from when he was young. And now he knows what is ease and what is not ease. He was not going to eat from the forbidden fruit. But they threw him into prison. So what? It's part of the refinement process. And when the fullness of time came, he walked out of prison into palace. And at his mention of his name, every knee should bow. Can I give one more example of those who prepared before they came into super limelight? Daniel. He was a man who purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's portion of meat. Or drink. He purpose in himself. Listen. Daniel did not get to the banquet all to start sniffing the food. Mm. This is shawarma. Mm. This shawarma is special. You know, somebody was trying to tell me, I make the best shawarma in life. I don't know what shawarma is. I'm glued to guri. <laughs> I shall be yummy. 
o'clock in the morning she had cooked the amala ongbuno fele 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 ugbure in the middle <laughs> by the time i finish anything you give me to read o wala polo man be beru ni straight balanced diet it might be a bodo that they squeeze into it, but it was sweet. It was delicious. You are struggling for with the soup not to get into your into your chest because as soon as you take it, it comes. Ah, hallelujah! It's called gure pademini gumpa. Thank you. And now, those of you who were, who were raised on conflicts, look at how flaky you are. How flaky you are. How flaky you all are. Flaky. You understand me? Shawama. Shawama. Me mo bati shawama donje. Shawama. Tasty. Huh? It's tasty. Eh? Oh yeah. Tasty. 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 Mrs. Mrs. Obunge says that those are yesterday. Said, oh, we are going around the corner to buy ice cream. Which flavor do we buy for you? I say, Iru. Iru flavor. And then by the time they are 10, 13, 14, they are all on wheel or on dentist chair. They are filling the hole. They are blocking the no hole. Daniel did not go to the dining room to be sniffing. Abisha Wamani. Sweet and sour. Lamb chops. He purpose in his heart. Test us with lentils. Give us some beans. Kai. Have you tried beans and gari before? Jesus Christ. Oh Lord my God. How excellent is your name in all the earth. If you know the crisis I went through this week, I travel. One Friday, one Sokudale Nigeria Limited. You you sprinkle gari here and you put a little there. Can't pay from morning till night. You don't need to look at what your neighbor is eating. Do you understand? Give me some lentils and beans and test us for ten days. After that, they were ten times wiser than all the magicians and astrologers of Babylon. And they were prepared. You see why they were not bound down to gold? It's because they have located God. You see why they were not afraid of, of, of fire? It's because there's already a fire on the inside of them. You see why they were not afraid of the lion? They know the true lion of the tribe of Judah. They were prepared to take on the challenges of their day. Now we have ill-prepared church. 
only waiting for rapture. With suitcases packed, waiting for the trumpet to sound. God does not call lazy people. He's not calling you home until he has prepared you to rule and reign on earth. Tell your neighbor, prepare now. I can hear you. Say it loud. Prepare now. This is the time to prepare. This is the time to prepare. If you don't have moral restraint, you sabotage your own destiny. Prepare now. I told a friend last night, I said, Prepare now. I need to point out one thing to you. What made a difference in the life of Daniel, in the life of David, in the life of Joseph? What is it that made a difference in their life? The presence of God was a key factor that catapulted them, catapulted them into power. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with David. You see, is, is there anyone in whom the Spirit of God is like this man concerning Joseph? They said the same thing about Daniel. It was the presence of God in their lives that catapulted them, in, them into power. You are so busy associating, connecting with men, with women, building your network, but having no net worth because you are not connected to God. You can't stand in your, stay in your house for one week just to seek his face. You are too busy. In the moment, one second with God, what he will reveal to you can change your life forever. But you are too, everything that concerns God is rush, 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 rush. You have no time. Why spend all your life acquiring the things you will not take away with you? It is certain you brought nothing into this world and you are taking nothing out. The presence of God in their life. See, when we get to the pillars, biblical pillars of wealth creation, you will see that the first pillar is the presence of God in the life of a believer. Because it will tell you what others don't know. It will show you what others don't see. And you will know how to prepare yourself. That catapulted them into power. And the Lord was with Joseph. How do you read it? He was a successful man. I don't care how successful you think you are outside of God. You're a failure. You're an empty barrel. You'll soon crash. And by the time you crash, Humpty Dumpty is going to put you together. The presence of God, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. If the Lord is present with you and carry him everywhere, you don't need follow up. He will straighten you out. Let me go quickly to point number three. Haven't pointed out the God factor in the life of these people. It's equally important while you are preparing now to know that success in life, success in business, success in marriage, success in ministry is not a solo project. It is not a solo project. Therefore, you must learn not to make the journey alone. And then they are in the family conference. 
I'm, I mean, sorry, the, the New Year gathering, I'm going to show you what I call the inseparable F's. Faith, family, friendship, and fortune. Say that with me, faith, faith. family, family. Friendship, friendship, and fortune. You can't, you, see, you can't make it on your own. It is not good for man to be alone. You can't make it on your own. But let it be people that God places in your life and that God connects you with. You are not going to be connected with everybody. It's not going to work. Family, friends, they can help you. They can fast track the things in your life. They can bring fortune to you. But if you are joined to wrong people, they can also bring you misfortune. Do you notice that the day Mrs. Potiphar grabbed Joseph and took his garment off him, the Bible says he was alone in the house doing his business. Give me Genesis 39 again. And let's look at that verse. Genesis 39. I think it's about verse 12. My memory serves me right. Genesis 39. Quickly, sir. Go to verse 11. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. And none of the men of the house was inside. That she caught him by his garment saying, Live with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. None of the men was inside the house. Success in life, in business, in marriage, in ministry is not a solo project. Look, this is critical. Please listen to me. If Joseph had summoned the courage... To tell the husband first that your wife is after me. And if he was afraid that that could backfire on him. How about those who are with him? And Look gentlemen. Madame is after me. I don't want to go alone. Look. I am bad all by myself. Already. But one of the things that saves me when I come to your house is I come with a troop. Do you understand me? It saves me. I come with a troop. I land in your house. Hello, we came to greet you. Do you understand me? Uh huh. Oh, but uh, we had thought you were coming alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Peter, James, and John, one bell. Uh huh. What John Lonio? John Lonio. John Lambo, I could pastor. I'm a low. See, be honest with yourself. You think you're that strong? If there was someone there, someone at least could have testified. Nobody. But they were not far away. The woman sent them to the other quarters of the house. Because she screamed. And they showed up. And 
landed him in trouble. Let me tell you why this is not a solo project. Imagine for a second David without Nathan. David had already slept with Bathsheba. David had already impregnated Bathsheba. Bathsheba had already been brought in. The baby was already born. And nothing was happening anywhere else. Uriah, uh, long dead. And here comes Nathan. Oh, king, live forever. There's trouble in the city. Trouble where? The trouble is between a rich man and a poor man. The poor man had only one ewe lamb. He had become a serious pet to this man. They were sleeping together on a bed. They were eating almost all together. And a visitor came to the rich man and did not take any of his fatted car, took the only ewe lamb of this poor man and killed it. David said, where I am king? That man will pay with his life. I said, you are the man. Last night the Lord showed me, you killed Uriah. You took Bathsheba. I said, oh, oh, I've sinned against the Lord. So the Lord has forgiven you your sin, but search and not depart from your house. Because you have given occasion to the enemies of God to reproach his name. So that child that, she had, she had, that had just been born to you shall die. If there was no Nathan in David's life, he would not fulfill his ultimate purpose and destiny in God. There must be somebody you are accountable to. Somebody you can tell all. Do you understand me? And somebody who can handle your affairs properly. Because Jonah, I mean, Nathan did not go about telling everybody. He came straight to him and dealt with the issue. Look, I want you to see the life of David before he confessed the sin. Give me some 32. Before he confessed. When you read, he that Cover it, his sin shall not prosper. Keep covering your own. And see how quickly you prosper. Psalm 32. Blessed is he, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. That's how he died early. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. It was guilt killing him. Uriah said, how shall I leave the ark of the covenant of the God of Israel in the battlefield and be sleeping with my wife? Uriah the Ethite. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity am not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgive the iniquity of my sin. Stop there. Look at Isaiah 51. Read the title. 
you will see that it was when he came clean, came into the open with that scene, that he wrote Psalm 51 and dedicated it to what happened between him and God as God restored to him the joy of salvation. There must be people you are accountable to. There must be people you can look in the face and say, I missed it. Help me pray. I'm struggling in this area. It doesn't matter who you are. Psalm 51. Listen to me. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. In sin, my mother conceived me. Behold, you despise truth and you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you make me to know wisdom. Put me with Esau and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast, a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joys of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I will give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken, a contrite spirit. This, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the words of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. With burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Brothers and sisters, if all you have given in the previous years... And not producing fruit or harvest for you. You need to pause and say, something is wrong. What is it, Lord? Show it to me. Show it to me. Imagine Esther without Mordecai. Imagine David without Nathan. Do you know it was Nathan that God sent back to David? That God is going to give him a son by the name of Jedida, beloved of the Lord. And he will be the next king. Do you know it was because Nathan knew this, that he could guide Bathsheba in the twilight years of David. Or they would have killed both Bathsheba and her son. You need someone in your life. Proverbs 28, I want to close. Prepare, it's more about character than skill. Proverbs 28, verse number 13. Proverbs 28, 13. Ready? Read. He who covers his sins 
will now prosper. I thought he said, blessed is a man whose sins are covered. God wants to be the one covering it, not you. He's the only one who can deal with it. He who covers his sins will now prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, we have mercy. Do you have any problem with this verse? You don't have a problem. If you don't have a problem, there's a problem. Because whoever confesses is not what he says and forsakes. And we confess. But is it easy to forsake? How many sins have you confessed that you have done again? But he says, whoever confesses and forsakes. How do you get to the place of forsaking? That's the place of confessing your faults one to another so that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes available tremendous power of God. The power to break that habit will come from someone else that God will position in your life and will look through it and say, hey, this is not adding up. Take your pen and write. I close. Are you ready? Letting others in on what you want to be Letting others in of what you want to be and what challenges you are facing reinforces your perimeter of protection. Letting others in on what you want to be and what challenges you are facing reinforces your perimeter of protection. Number two. Being accountable to others, being accountable to others is a powerful incentive to check any behavior that may take you out of bounds. Being accountable to others is a powerful incentive to check any behavior. I might take you out of bounds. Number three. On those inevitable occasions. On those inevitable occasions. When you do drift. On those inevitable occasions. When you do drift. The fact that someone else knows. The fact that someone else knows and we call you on it. On those inevitable occasions when you do drift. The fact that someone else knows and we call you on it. Is a compelling motivator. To take responsibility for your actions and correct them quickly. And on those inevitable occasions when you do drift. The fact that someone else knows. And we call you on it. Is a compelling motivator. To take responsibility for your actions. 
and correct them quickly. This is why, number four, confessing your sin to someone who can pray with you. We make available the tremendous power of God to break the cycle of that ensnaring sin and set you free. This is why confessing your sin to someone who can pray with you we make available the tremendous power of God to break the cycle of that ensnaring sin and set you free. As we prepare for the year of God's bountiful blessings, there's an important question you and I must ask ourselves. Is there a small thing in my life now that has the potential to become destructive? Is there anything in my life, no matter how small, is there anything in my life that has the potential of becoming destructive? This is a time to ask God for grace and strength to overcome such. I learned from those who do Survey, what they call it, is it those who learn surveying that it's okay if it's a short distance. If you miss it by an inch or two, if all you are covering is from this pillar to that pillar, it will not show. But if you miss it by one inch or two and you are turning a 400 kilometer road, you'll be so off the mark that will become so dangerous and deadly. Ecclesiastes say, beware of little foxes that destroy divine. You see why little foxes so destructive? Because they don't deal with root, the fruit. They deal with roots. Foxes have holes. They dig holes into the root and eat up the root. What is going to happen to the fruit? It's time to prepare now. Let us rise on our feet. Every little fox, somewhere trying to bite and destroy the root of your purpose and destiny in life, to shatter your dreams and bring them to naught, this is the time to say, Lord, prepare me. Let him that think he stands take heed, lest he fall. It's with, it's with trembling that I'm preaching this message to you because what applies to you also applies to me. Let's come before God. Whatsoever will hinder us from getting the best of the year 2019, from not fulfilling purpose and destiny, from not getting to the mark that the Lord God himself has mapped out for us, for hindering those things, those bountiful blessings from coming to our life, let's ask God to help us now to deal with them. And to lead us aright in our relationships, in our connections that will be connected to right people, family, friends, that will bring fortune and no misfortune to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in your presence today. 
Thank you for the strength in the inner man to preach. Thank you for hearing ears and understanding heart. Thank you for what you are doing in our hearts at this moment. Where can we go without you? How far can we accomplish? What more can we do outside of you? In you we live. In you we move. In you we have our being. Lord help us Father. In the name of Jesus. As you make us men and women of character. Boys and girls who choose to win by righteousness. Help us to deal with those little foxes now. Before they destroy our vines later. Help us Father. In Jesus mighty name we pray. You owe it to yourself to identify and conquer those baby dragons before they destroy you. You owe it to yourself. Before we bring shame and reproach to the name of the Lord and to our family. You owe it to yourself before you take one more step that will bring you to a destructive end. There's a way that seems good to a man. The end thereof is death. Deliver us from untimely death, Father. I want all heads bowed this morning or this afternoon on all eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, it's not of him who wills. It's of God who shows mercy. We are in your presence, O Lord. There is no hiding place. This is the best place to let go and bring out everything that will hinder us from being who you want us to be. We are not talking about skills and talents and degrees and things we have acquired. We are talking about being like Jesus, being like you. We are talking about character. Lord, help us this day in the name of Jesus Christ. If there are areas of struggle in your life, I want you to lift up your hand to heaven this morning. You know between you and God, there's an area where you are struggling and you are struggling hard. And you don't like it, but you do not seem to have victory in that area. Is a continual struggle. By means of strength shall no man prevail. Father, in the name of Jesus... As many hands as are lifted today, remember your mercy. Remember your grace. By mercy, take away from them what they deserve. By grace, release into their lives what they don't deserve. Help us, O oh Lord, to be Israelites indeed in whom there is no guile. Help us that our lives in private and our lives in public will come into alignment. Help us not to derail ourselves and to self-destruct. Every hand that is lifted is crying to you, Father. Remember, if anyone shall come unto you, will no wise cast them out. And I ask in Jesus' name, you will take those hands and lift them up. And in the name of Jesus, grant them great that sin we have no dominion over them. That they will be men of character. They will be women of virtue. And in the name of Jesus, they will walk in triumph. 100% of the time. In Jesus' mighty name now stretch your hands to me also it's broken vessel that means other broken vessels stretch your hands to me that after I've preached unto others I will not become a castaway that God will be merciful unto me also strengthen me with might in the inner man 
Help me in any area of challenge, every area of challenge, and strengthen me so that the end of the day, people drinking here will not drink from polluted fountain in the mighty name of Jesus. And I will not lead others into, into destruction and disruption because it will be better to hang a millstone upon your neck than to allow any of these ones to stumble. Father, that what I do, what I say will not cause others to stumble. That I will not be a mistake to avoid, but an example to follow all the days of my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore to me, like David said, the joy of salvation. And help me to the very end. And deliver me from every little fox that destroy divine. In Jesus mighty name. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.